We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 46 here too. Today we're going to talk about what's been going on with the World Series of Poker Online. All my caches, all my deep runs. What's going on in the world? It's kind of crazy. And we're going to have a special guest, Mr. Matt Berkey. And we're going to talk about his streams and what's going on with him and his life. So stay tuned. Buckle up. The mouthpiece is next. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to the mouthpiece. Uh... It's been a while since we had a podcast um, because I've just been so, so busy. Uh, WSOP online events have been running. Uh, I decided to jump on in, dab with some online tournaments. Um, I had played maybe three No Limit online tournaments in my life uh, up until the beginning of this month. And I had a feeling I was going to do pretty good. I've been playing you know, No Limit Cash online since COVID started for four months. I felt like I've been playing really good, and uh, I thought it would translate to a lot of success, and it, it kind of has. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten any gold yet, um, but we're close. So um, I've been uh, doing that, and uh, with that, Flash is here because he always has to be the center of the attention. What's up, Flash? You know, um, so uh, anyways, uh, yes, there he is. He has to get in front of the camera. That's what he does. Uh, so um, the, good, the, good th- the good thing about it is, Flash, stop it. The good thing about it is it's, um, when the started playing online, it, it got my, my, uh, my brain away from the Twitter world, the the Facebook world, wow. The Facebook world now is as bad as the Twitter world. I hadn't been much on Facebook in years, and uh, I started getting on there promoting my streams and uh, my home game, and uh, I realized that it's just all political also. So uh, trying to stay away from that and uh, trying to stay away from politics. Uh, politics is very divisive and uh, very unhealthy for, for almost everybody that, has one side or the other so i'm trying to stay away from that and it's kind of made me a more balanced better person right now so i've been dealing with that so um let's start out uh we going back to the beginning here i've got uh nine caches i think in 16 of the events i played uh four really deep runs i literally gave the plo and the plo8 away i mean uh, just you know for those um, that weren't watching uh, Helmuth called me right in the middle of the PLO right in the middle of a hand I lost my focus I made a bet I should have checked back then I end up calling off and just giving away all my chips it was I've disgusting. lost once yep there he is there's Mr. Helmuth himself and so uh that was that. Now, the PLO8, you guys all know that I, I truly believe I'm the best in the world in this game, and I had all the chips. And if you watched the video, unfortunately, I think I took it down because 
It really gave out way too much info on how to play PLO-8. Um, for five hours, I really did a master class on how to uh, just dominate in PLO-8. And then I uh, I made a, a mistake and I compounded it into another mistake. And um, everybody out there that watched it will say, oh, you did nothing wrong, but they don't understand what I understand about PLO-8. So to me, it was two major mistakes that cost me that tournament. Um, getting 10th uh, the other two days ago in the uh, turbo was pretty uh, disappointing i i had a decent i had a good 15 big blind stack uh with 10 people to go um uh, the guy who raised i ended up end up finding out it was brian altman and um supposedly he knew it was me so um he raised and he'd been playing with me for at least a couple hours he, he knew how solid i was playing i wasn't really playing big pots never three betting anybody and he opened for 560. He'd been opening a lot. Um, I, I kind of focus a lot on uh, timing tells, uh, when they raise, how they do it. And uh, I know you guys all think I'm crazy, but I see things other people don't. And I just felt he was weak. Um, and I had the ace five spades, and I, I knew <clears throat> making the final table would be important for my stream and... Um, <clears throat> for promoting uh, my home game, which we'll talk about in a second. and uh, But I, I just felt that calling 3.5 million more in chips, would, and uh, which was also um, uh, about 10 big blinds, was uh, something he wouldn't do. And he'd, he wouldn't give up 33% of his stack to me, uh, knowing that the worst I have is an ace probably normally I'm going to have a big ace uh, or a big pair just how I play and uh, he t he timed down and called and he had king 10 and he flopped the flush and then the rest is history I go out 10th now I was trying to win the tournament you know I wasn't trying to make a pay jump uh, I should have thought a little bit more about the, how much more the final table might mean to me uh, but that's not how I think so Unfortunately, he did call. I was wrong. Um, it was more of my image of playing all uh, for a couple hours with him and him not knowing that it's me and uh, that he wouldn't call with a marginal hand. I, I thought he had a marginal hand. And um, I don't know nothing about numbers, GTO, or any of that shit, but my friend Tristan Wade ran the numbers, and he said even against a loose player that that call in that spot is a losing EV call. And against a person like me, it's a big EV losing call. So me knowing nothing about what any of that means, which Berkey will be on in a little bit to explain to me a lot about, uh, that's what happened there. So I guess I could say I'm not nothing over about finishing 10th there. Um, finishing uh, 30th last night uh, was pretty disappointing. Um, I just was got real card dead late. Tried to pick my spots to survive. I thought I did a good job of it. And kind of unfortunate situation came up. I had two deuces with eight big blinds. Um, it's a pair. You got to pretty much go with the pair, try and get it through. If you get called, you're in a flip situation. Uh, and 
I timed out. Uh, it's really weird because I was, uh, I used half my time bank, didn't even know it because I was tr waiting for my friend Ryan Feldman, uh, who was also deep in the tournament. Uh, and who got disconnected in his big blind. And so I didn't, I used half my time bank there. And, and so when the deuces came up, uh, I couldn't under, I, I ended up timing out. And then the very next hand, I get king eight of clubs. Now, I know that this hand's a fold in the position I'm in, but the only reason why I went with it is I watched one of the guys I was playing with, Phenom, uh, win a 2.8 million chip pot against aces with the exact king eight of clubs. And I said, well, maybe it was meant for me to time out with the deuces and go with this hand. And so when I saw the exact king eight of clubs, suit and all, I said, okay, maybe I believe in meant to bees a lot of times. So I shoved it and Eric got through all the way to the big blind and snap calls and he has aces and then it flops two clubs. I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Same king eight of clubs, bust two aces and make a flush, but it didn't happen. It's a shame he didn't have queens or jacks because I hit a king on the end. But uh, that's how that went, and uh, it was unfortunate. So that's what's going on with that. Um, and for all you guys out there that uh, haven't been listening or watching, uh, I did start, um, and I'm promoting my own uh, home game, uh, play poker with uh, Mike the Mouth. Uh, we have one $2 and two $4, no limit to hold them, and uh, pot limit Omaha. Uh, so, um, for everybody out there listening to the mouthpiece today, if you have not signed up to play in, in my home game, and, uh, we've got a lot of great games, um, you'll probably won't find better one, two, two, four action anywhere in the world. Uh, and, uh, if you haven't uh, joined up, you could, uh, email mouthpoker at yahoo.com and in the email, put mouth podcast 46 and uh, you'll get $250, $250 in chips for $200 uh, in my private home game. So uh, that's what's going on with me. Uh, the world has gone pretty crazy as I figured it would. Uh, it's now been two months of craziness. Um, I don't want to talk much politics because politics are divisive, but um, I am a little bit worried about the country right now. I mean, uh, I kind of suspected this. You, talk, you lock people down for three months. You let them out with no job, no food, and the riots start everywhere, and it's not a pretty sight. So being in an election year and everything, uh, everything is magnified and it's just something that's, uh, that sucks. So uh, for everybody listening out there, we pray for the country, pray for the world, pray for everybody um, that this virus will pass. Um, uh, you guys have heard my thought process on the virus, yes, when people want I tell you the virus is a hoax, no, the virus is not a hoax. The virus is real. People die from it. It's just not real deadly. Um, and all you got to do is look at the numbers. Uh, over a six-month period of time, uh, I mean, uh, take away the 43% of the people who died in nursing home and assisted uh, living facilities. I mean, you're talking about like, 
8,000 people a month, which is still a lot. One is more than anybody, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's become political and it's pretty disgusting that something that is not very deadly, uh, is the media has everybody in fear in fear of going out in fear of sending kids to school when I think 14 total people in the entire world have died from coronavirus, which is less than about 50 different diseases that have killed kids, yet they refuse to open schools. And it's all about politics, and it's pretty sad to watch. So hopefully we'll get through this all together, and... um, 2021 will be a better year. But uh, for me, 2020 has been a great year. Poker for me has been really good. Um, Yeah, I had a long winning streak that came to an end about six weeks ago. Uh, I've been holding my own, just not winning any money anymore. Uh, Games are a little bit tougher. Uh, And I've been uh, concentrating on these tournaments. They've been a lot of fun. I love streaming them. And... um, we are going to have a guest come on here shortly. You guys all know him, uh, Matt Berkey. And um, me and Matt are on the two opposite sides of the world in everything, yet we're able to be very good friends. We get along well. We respect each other. We respect each other's poker games. We think completely differently poker-wise, uh, yet we both have uh, pretty good results. So if you're like, Watching my stream, uh, and you want to watch Matt Berkey's stream, you'll you'll literally see two different perspectives on winning players playing an extremely different style. So, uh, you know, um, that's pretty uh, pretty good to watch. And um, so that's what's been going on. That's what I you know I miss you guys all. Uh, sorry we haven't been running a podcast every week. That just hasn't been much poker until the WSOP started. Now. Um, it's been a while, so I, I guess I can address it on my own podcast. You know, everybody knows about what happened in the first week of the World Series. Uh, when I kind of got raged, um, thought I was slow rolled, and uh, I end up I wasn't. Uh, remember, I have not. I don't play online tournaments. I don't know how, really how they work. Now that I've been playing a month, and I realize people take their time on stuff. I definitely wasn't slow rolled and I talked to Megan, uh, the girl who I ended up accusing of slow rolling me. I apologized to her more than once. She accepted my apology. We talked privately and she is nothing but pure class. Uh, I see she made a WSOP final table. I'm very happy for her and, uh, my actions were completely out of line. Um, and, uh, once again, that's uh, that's in the past, and uh, we've all uh, pretty much put it behind them. But uh, you know, um, kind of like the funny thing is, and um, I don't like to uh, bang or rip on people, but you know, when I did have that kind of a meltdown, and it it happened because I wasn't used to online. I woke up, I didn't know it was a freeze out. I acted like an idiot, played like an idiot, uh, and uh, it was funny. It was all over the poker news Mike Mattiso meltdown or Mike Mattiso compares something to something politically and Mike's got mentally deranged no I'm not now 
you know, people like a lot of people on my stream are like, Oh, Daniel's talking shit about you, telling how crazy and sick you are and then I all I do is say nice things about him. He's my friend. Um I don't uh, let politics get involved with my friendship. I got the heebie jeebies. Uh, yep. And um <laughs> so uh, you know, and uh I wonder if it's going to be on the front page of poker news of all of his crazy meltdowns the last two days. I doubt it uh, because there's two different rules for different people. But I actually think Daniel's meltdown's funny uh, because in the world we live in, uh, I think when natural emotions come out and you get pissed off and you say how you feel, uh, I think it shows you're human and uh, uh, people you know when they lose or they get pissed off by something people say uh, sometimes they act wrong money know. isn't the source of happiness there you go it's not and so uh, I just wanted to say you know you know, no matter what everybody wants to come on my show whoever wants to call uh, whatever wants me to say bad things about Daniel I'm just not going to do it uh, if he wants to say keeps say bad things about me, that's up to him. Uh, we text yesterday. We get along fine. He, you know, he just we get emotional. He's emotional about politics on one side, and I'm a little bit emotional about it on the other. And uh, that's just how it is. It's unfortunate though that you sometimes you're not able to just talk things out. So I try and try now and just keep politics as much out of that I can of tweeting and talking about it and try and stick with poker. Poker's been good. The streams have been fun. And the home game's been even more fun. So um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to patch you in and we're going to get a Zoom call here going with Matt Berkey. And uh, then we're going to take your phone calls uh, we're going to open up the phone lines and you'll be able to call and ask me and Matt any questions you want. So, uh, Mr. Editor, hook that up. Put out a tweet uh, going taking live phone calls uh, when we're ready to. And uh, we'll get to that part in a second. So, uh, uh, without uh, further ado, uh, let's see if we can get Mr. Berkey hooked up here on the Zoom. Bump, 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 bump. So, uh, yeah, these uh, streams have been fun. Everything's fun. Life is good, man. 2020 has been my best year in seven years. So while everybody else was living their great years and I was living in uh, purgatory and hell and 15 months bedridden in 2015 and 2016, uh, everybody gets to see kind of what I have lived through for the last seven years and they have lived through during this lockdown. So um, it's kind of uh, easy for me because it's kind of the life I've lived all this time. On. Is he on? Matt, you there? Can I, you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Welcome to the mouthpiece, Mr. Matt Berkey. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit poker. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in your life. Um, what's going on uh, with everything, man? How you been? 
I'm good, man. Lockdown has been very, very good to me. Yeah, I just said the exact same thing. The lockdown, the lockdown, has, as everybody else in the world struggles, uh, the lockdown for me has been great. Uh, Mikey, you're meant to be locked down. Let, let's let's you know, call it what it is. <laughs> yes, yes, I am meant to be locked down. It's pretty funny, you know. So, uh, you know, for a lot of listeners that follow me and watch me on my stream, I was just saying. Um, you could get a whole new perspective on poker as me and you, the way we play and, and our thought processes are so different, uh, yet we both have pretty good results. Now, um, you, um, you could talk a little bit about uh, how your results have been, how your streams have been, and uh, how your uh, teaching site you could talk a little bit about. Uh, so let's, uh, you can talk a little bit about that with, uh, with my fans here. Sure. Um, yeah, the streaming's been great. I thought I was really going to hate it, uh, uh, but it's been pretty warm and welcoming. I I don't love, I guess, uh, spending an eight-hour session yeah. feeling like you have to entertain the entire time. Like, yeah. you're definitely giving up EV there. Yeah. Which, I don't ever mind giving up a little bit EV for the greater good, but um, when you're playing tournaments particularly and you're going to lose day in and day out anyway, yeah. it's, it's extra difficult to just, like feel that extra burden but uh you know by and large it's been fantastic i yeah. i won a tournament on stream i've now final table to bracelet event on stream which yeah. are both really great they're entertaining uh they are and then fun. off stream yeah yeah it's always fun to make a deep run when you have thousands of people watching yes it's fun and i and you know i'm an entertainer you know that i'm crazy so i love uh entertaining people and uh but i i one thing I noticed, um, I've got a 10th and a 30th, two out of the last three. And uh, I, what I've done is I quit wa- watching the, the, the trolls on the YouTube channel and uh, started focusing a little bit more. Now, I try my hardest to try and pay attention to, for the people that are being nice, uh, the people that are you know rooting and stuff. But you know, you get a bunch of trolls and and then you lose your focus, you make one mistake, and it kind of fucks you up. So it is a, a tough uh, balancing act of trying to entertain the people who are following you and, uh, and to focus on poker. So, uh, Turkey, how, if he thinks he gets as many trolls as you do. The, oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Do, 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 you think, do you get as many trolls as I do? Almost <laughs> certainly not. Um, no. I, I think in general I'm polarizing, but I'm polarizing for the new guard, not for the old guard. Like right. you're truly polarizing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. You bring a lot of it on yourself. The the rant you went on with Wolverine nineteen or whatever was yeah. pretty unjustified and it's gonna bring a lot of visceral your way. Yeah, and uh, you know you know, the good part is is that person was really nice. Um and I you know, I'd never played in on I, I i think i played like maybe two online no limit tournaments in my life uh even during the full tilt days i only played the tournaments that that they had me host which was usually an omaha eight or uh some kind of mixed game event and i just never really played much online no limit so uh at the beginning of the month when that happened first of all i i uh, you know i i didn't know it was a freeze out i just woke up late i um I had not been t- 
taken, I had not taken Adderall in almost three months, but I mm-hmm. noticed about th- three tournaments in that normal time where I take an hour nap, I was getting really tired. So I said, if I'm going to play these tournaments day in and day out, uh, you know, I'm just going to have to get back on Adderall. And unfortunately, uh, when I first start taking it, it makes me very angry and agitated. And it was like the second day of taking it. So I was angry and agitated and sure. acted, acted like an asshole. And, and uh, the worst part about it is I put that tweet out and I said, I said, I, and I tried to erase it right away. And come like, that was stupid. I'm like, oh, that's not me. So, uh, and everybody I talked to, my editor, my girlfriend, my friend, I go, do you guys see this tweet? I can't find it anywhere. And nobody could find the tweet. And I guess if, if you're, not the only if you're following me the tweet doesn't go out it only goes out to other people and it was hidden behind and then all of a sudden i start getting all this hate myth stuff and i felt awful i finally found where it was i deleted it um i then uh, personally talked to that person uh she accepted my apology and uh i moved on from that so uh you know we all make mistakes we're not you know we're not all perfect um but you know that's how that goes. But uh, you know, yeah. watch. I, I think that like an apology is sufficient for ninety nine percent of it. I think the the doxing element of it is probably the line that you may not have realized was as yes. bad as it is. And I didn't even know what doxing was, so that goes to tell you. Yeah. Uh, goes to show you how stupid I am. Yeah, it should give you old people technology, man. Yeah, you guys, you <laughs> fuck it up for everybody. Yeah, you know. So I was just like, man, fuck this person. Find me who this person is, man. I'm like, you know. And the thing is, is yeah, I was angry. You know, again, a lot of it had to do with because I just started taking Adderall. But uh, you know. Uh, People know, like, even if you go back to the Sean Deeb incident, like, like I, you could call me names, you could beat me, you can call me every name of the sun, just don't slow roll me. And I just think in this slow rolling is just really bad, especially in this generation. Uh, yeah. People people don't even realize, like, this is the truth. Like, before me, like, I started playing in 96 professionally, but, like, in the 80s, if you slow rolled somebody, I mean, you probably didn't make it out alive i mean i I mean doyle told me uh some crazy stories you know so i mean uh it's just something you don't do and and people they've made it a thing uh where they think it's funny to slow roll people and uh i was wrong personally that i thought i got slow rolled i didn't uh but it's just something that uh in this generation should understand how it's just it's just bad etiquette you know so you know i put that behind me and we all make mistakes but uh you know, uh, you know, what, you know, a lot of people watch my stream. They watch Daniel's stream, and a lot of people are watching your stream. And uh, as you, you know, uh, I watched Daniel's fucking blowups, uh, especially the one yesterday was pretty funny. Uh, a what lot. What was pe- the context of that? What What was said to him? Well, some. I mean, I don't know. They're saying somebody said more rake is better, and he got pissed. I doubted it. I mean, he he. Probably somebody said something, you know. They they want to say that so they can make him look bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, he probably somebody probably attacked his family or something, and, and yeah. or, you know that's what I probably presume, you know. But you know, Doug Polk likes to run with it, and because uh, you know he hates Daniel and they hate each other. But right. Um, and uh, listen, I I got nothing against Doug. Um, I the only thing that pissed we used to actually be pretty good acquaintances. Uh, he only pissed me off when he. 
me and Phil were playing in a live of the bike cash game and he accused me of telling Phil that I had two spades or tried to cheat in a game and, and that really bothered me and uh, because anybody who knows me knows that I might be a complete idiot and I might be a, a dumbass, but I would never cheat and steal a quarter from anybody. So it really bothered me that he would throw that out there for clicks. And ever since then, uh, I really haven't talked to Doug. So, uh, you know, I had no problem. Actually, I thought we were friends and uh, I thought that was really out of line. But, uh, you know, sure. you, you see that, you see Daniel's streams. Like they're, you know, they're kind of entertaining and his little meltdowns are pretty funny. And then, uh, then we go to Berkey Stream. Now, after I went broke yesterday, uh, I saw you were still in, didn't even know, and I said, oh, let me uh, let me check out Berkey Stream, because, you know, I, I've never watched your stream, and uh, I was pretty uh, entertained, uh, and your thought process on a lot of things were were pretty uh, different than mine, and uh, I think it's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing for people to watch uh, somebody old school like me somebody old school like Daniel who's learned a lot of the new stuff. And um, and I've also been working with, with uh, uh, Tristan Wade uh, on uh, a lot of the, the new stuff and, and learning a lot about the online stuff. So um, uh, you could kind of like uh, tell everybody, uh, you know, how, how it's going and how your thought processes are and, uh, and uh, they will turn into your stream uh, kind of what to expect. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> I guess it's a little bit different from what I've seen of yours and Daniel's right. uh, in the sense that um, I don't know if I've just gotten a little quicker at adjusting uh, or juggling the chat with the play or if I just have far less uh, chatters right. in my in my space. But, you know, I'm able to keep up pretty well. So that leaves a lot of downtime and um, you're playing. So it, it's just kind of my nature to be analytical to dissect spots and just speak my strategy out loud. Um, you know, we have a, our flagship product on software YTV is poker out loud, where we all wear noise canceling headphones and we play a session and we go through each and every decision process, uh, out loud for the audience to hear. And I think that that's a really great way to learn because it kind of demonstrates that poker isn't really played in a vacuum the way that we study it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the whole concept behind game theory and game theory, optimal play, is what would be the most optimal decision if we were able to create a stable environment where uh, the variables were known, right? right? And we reverse engineer and come up with strategies that way. Right. But the truth of the matter is that's not how the real world application really works because right. everybody is on some sort of spectrum as far as uh, the choices that they're making. Right. So getting to hear somebody speak out loud, um, getting to hear multiple people speak out loud that you think are comparable in skill set, mm -hmm. you'll begin to pick up on a lot of the nuance with just how differently we all see this game. You know, we're all kind of victim to our own biases. And right. uh, that lens is really going to skew the the decisions that you make at any given moment. Right. And, and you know, uh, watching, uh, tuning over to your stream last night, you know, and I watched you at about 5 million in chips. And then you got down to about, 1.6 and then you got back up to 3.4 and uh then i watched your bust out hand painfully as you watched it um i don't know how you could possibly uh limp king queen and then stack off with it i mean did he really think you're just moving in with seven eight there i mean i don't 
I know is as crazy as sometimes you might play in certain spots. I I just don't. I mean, he snapped you. He didn't even even yeah. take a half a second. And uh, I mean, it, I th- I, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a pretty bad play, but I also could think I could I could justify it a little bit. In the mm-hmm. moment, I was uh, pretty dumbfounded. I was like, "What? What is he doing? I'm literally never shoving a worse hand." Right. But uh, reflecting back on it, I actually could just shove any two cards there yeah. and create a massive, massive uh, ICM conundrum for him. Mm-hmm. The problem is, even if that's what I'm doing, he's still like lighting thousands of dollars on fire with the call. Right. Um, so if he knows for a fact that I'm shoving any two, King Queen is still probably losing a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't know that I'm shoving any two, now King Queen's probably losing like $10,000. Right. To, and, 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 and and the thing is, is like, okay, so, you know, uh, talking and, and listening to you and, and you knowing all what each thing is worth and money and all that, which I know nothing about, uh, my thought process is guy limps there now and I'm watching you on your stream, you say, well, if he trapped me, trapped me, which, you know, you have to think like that. You, you know, if he did, he did. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, ace ten in that spot, fifteen bigs. I mean, it's it's just a great hand to just go with. Uh, well, I would have folded if he opened shove though, and that's the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but it's not because his range is stronger. It's just because ICM greatly punishes the caller. Oh, exactly. So, now there, yeah. there's where we do have something in common. Um, I try to always be the shover and never the caller deep in these tournaments. Um, there's a lot of spots that I probably give up and miss and that, 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 that you know, uh, Tristan's been working me with and uh, we talked about and I'm sure, uh, you know, I told you I would do that little thing that you do with your, the way you teach because I really think it's a good idea. I'd be more than happy to help you out there. Uh, but it's things like that where, where, where I don't actually know. But I do know that when I stuff it on somebody, you know, King 10's never good. You know, like the two days ago when I uh, ended up, I, I didn't even know it was Brian Altman, but he knew, I guess he knew it was me. But when he min raised it, and I just, he'd been raising a lot, but I just felt he was weak and I'd never three bet one time. He'd been playing me for two hours, especially uh, uh, where I was like fifth at chips to come over the top for three and a half million more chips, which was uh, around 10 big blinds or nine big blinds, uh, but nine big blinds, as you know, in a turbo, uh, I think think chip leader had 18. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was 33% of his stack. Uh, and, And what I, what I think about and where I think we, we're, we're very different in, in, uh, in poker is I don't want to take those pl- little bit plus EV spots um, and give up my chip position because my chip position allows me to open more pots, take more blinds and annies uh, late in a tournament where the chip leader has maybe 40 big blinds, averages 20. Uh, and now you have 30 big blinds. Do you really want to call and all of a sudden you have 
15 big blinds and now you can barely open pots again. So that's kind of like my, my my process when I'm playing tournament poker and uh, compared to like the new guys and how, how a lot about how you think. But, uh, you know, listening to you right now, you, you just said the same thing that you want to be the shover. You don't want to be the caller. So uh, I, I do agree with you on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, we have something in common there, you know. Yeah, you definitely gain a lot by being the aggressor. Uh, I think the idea of passing on um, passing on plus chippy V spots mm-hmm. is totally fine in tournaments because right. you don't get the cash that ships out. Correct. But passing on plus dollar EV spots is just losing poker. It, it, it's, right. it's very poor. So the idea of protecting your ship position because you want to feel comfortable opening and things along those lines that probably speaks a little bit more to your discomfort for having a shove reshove strategy mm-hmm. than it does actually creating an edge for yourself. Cause the fact of the matter is if you have, if you're the ship leader with 50 bigs, but everybody around you has 20 blinds, mm-hmm. then you just have effectively have 20 blinds and you're still playing push fold poker anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get the steal at the frequency by which you think mm-hmm. people are pretty good at defending. People are pretty good at reshoving. Right. So, um, the only nice part about having chips is that they're an insurance, but they devalue as you accumulate. So you really need to put them to work. Gotcha. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing that I've been like most aware about, um, you could tell me if it's correct strategy or if it's bad or what is I see spots, like even when I have a lot of chips, right. And I've been pretty unfortunate to have like, like, especially like yesterday, um, when I had a pretty good stack early, they they then moved the chip leader of the tournament uh, to my right, and the guy who was fourth in chips to my left, and so I just felt like anytime I opened against somebody who was short blind, you know, they would three bet me, and and literally all three times I opened weak against one of the shorter blinds, I got three bet by the big stack, so. And I was I punished myself a little bit mentally over it because I I felt that was coming. Now, how do you combat something like that when you are in a spot where the the chip leader is opening a lot to your right, um, and you're getting no cards? I mean, I, I, I mean, do you just? There, I mean, a lot of times I just want a three bet light, but I'm also worried when they got so many chips they're just going to call. Uh, what am I doing wrong there? Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to know the line where those strategies are no longer available. So once you get below 20 big blinds, you're not really going to have 3-bet anything. You're just going right. to shove. exactly, right. Right, and you're not going to want to risk your tournament life without a reasonable hand. So, right. you know, just follow charts. It's, it's annoying that it's that robotic, but right. you just find the line of demarcation of, what hands are plus EV versus a wide open, and right. uh, you start ripping them. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, so, you know, you're always, and uh, I know how, you know, we played a lot together, and you've talked to me a lot, lot about, like, EV spots, and, and I know, and, like, we talk about in cash games, like, the math, the EV, it's everything. And so it's something that I've worked hard trying to learn, and I and I've not learned it all yet, but because it's very complicated. But I, I'm not like uh, my buddy Phil Hummuth, who refuses to listen to anybody about anything and thinks he's the greatest. And if he was just like 
Yeah. Well, to be fair, the reason you're why Phil good. is so good at tournaments well, is also the reason good. why he sucks at cash. Right. And it's because he puts a big emphasis on quote unquote tournament life, which in turn puts a large emphasis on ICM. Right. So even if he doesn't understand the concept of dollar EV mm-hmm. as it equates to uh, MTTs, mm-hmm. the the nature of his risk aversion uh, kind of, I guess, takes that into consideration. Right. But when you play that same way in cash, you just get absolutely destroyed because you're passing up on real chip EV spots, yeah. which are worth dollars in your pocket. My yeah. ROI is the best ROI in history. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've lost once yeah he's funny so you know uh you know me and phil uh uh, you know i'm not gonna say he's put together a great little private cash game during covid i've done well um but watching uh him play cash when he has to play more than 50 big blinds is uh not you know i you know i just I don't care what his short-term results are or whatever. I just, I see the mistakes he's making. And now, you know, we, we've, we've always been friends, but during COVID we become, you know, really close where we talk every day. And, you know, he don't even let me bring up, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I should help him. You know, he wants to go down as the greatest poker player of all time. Now in the poker world, in the uh, public opinion, you know, people don't know him. They think, oh, Phil Hummel's the greatest. But in our world, you know, we know a lot of the mistakes he makes. And, you know, I want to see him, you know, succeed and I want to see him do well. But like uh, me and Daniel have both talked to, he's very hard to, uh, you can't, when you, when you get an ego that big, it's just, you know, it's tough to try and talk to somebody like that. Like, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to sit down with you, Tristan, anybody, and listen to what you guys have to say and do anything I can to make to make my game better, especially against all the young guns. A lot of, you know, it's tough to play against the young kids that are, uh, that, that could play multiple tables for hours and hours, you know, and I'm older and it's, uh, it's not as, not as easy, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, Phil is just a U.S. treasury bond. He's very low risk, very low reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talented enough that he remains profitable. So right. if he's happy with that, that's fine. Right. Because uh, I'm good at no limit hold'em. <laughs> right. You don't have to make all the money. Uh, right. I think for the rest of us, and also, you know, he is backed by a lot of uh, passive income that the rest of us don't have the opportunity Correct. for. Yeah. So it's it's very different. You're probably never going to get him out of that mindset, and that's right. going to be just fine for him. Right. But it's unique to him. Uh, the rest of us are kind of cutting our teeth trying to maximize our EV right. for the short time that we remain in this game and we remain profitable. Yeah. So it's really critical to be comfortable taking risk, uh, be comfortable to maximize your earn, mm-hmm. and hopefully utilize that to build a platform that you can jump off into other markets. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something that, unfortunately, I could have done during the my my prime in poker when I was, you know, probably the best no-limit player in the world in 05, and uh, I was at the top of the marketing range. I didn't, un- I didn't take my money and put it away and invest it like I should have. You know, people used to say, "What do you do, Mike, with all the money you make playing poker?" And I say, "Well, I play higher. What do you think I'm going to do?" You know. And yep. uh, I look now. You know, I, after my injury, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. Like, like my injury, like one in three billion was a chance of the injury I had. And a lot of people in the world don't know what I deal with and the chronic pain I deal with. And you know, for me to keep 
winning and having the results I'm having. And I, you know, I unfortunately have to take a lot of medication and uh, just, I'm just wondering what, you know, what could have been, what would have been if I, uh, if I didn't have to take all this medication because I, you know, 2013, I won NBC head up. Uh, I was back on top. I was playing the best and, uh, and the world came crashing down for me. But um, I, I do feel like my, my no limit hold'em game has gotten really strong again. Like I'm seeing everything. Uh, I'm, my feel is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, working on like what Tristan's been teaching me and what you teach is something that I really want to put a lot of time into because, you know, uh, I enjoy poker. It's, uh, I, I, there was a time in 2008 where I was done. I was burned out. I've been playing 16 hour days, seven days a week for 12 years. I was burned out. And, um, and now I've, I've got that fire kind of lit and, uh, it's good. We're also at the pinnacle then. And it was money hand over fist from full tilt and other things. It was easier to, to see another path now. uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. Like uh, in in some regards, uh, you're, you're fighting for your livelihood and this game will torture you if you're not stable. So, you know, I I have a lot of empathy for your situation. I think that it's difficult when you fall in love with uh, a game and uh, a passion that kind of kicks you and beats you to your knees. Uh, Especially if like, you're not necessarily super strong at yeah. uh, being able to just let that roll off your back or if you're not financially comfortable to allow that to happen. You know, it's great that you're winning now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're able to like parlay that into some more stability. Yeah, and you know, a lot of, you know, I don't like to tell my personal stories. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, but I, I've been through a lot and, you know, uh, and I, uh, for three and a half years after my surgery and stuff, I, I, I played the victim. You know, I blamed everybody and, woe is me and woe is me and why won't anybody help me and and as soon as i quit playing the victim and i started playing the victor and i said to myself nobody's gonna be there for you you're gonna have to work your ass off to get back on top yourself uh life changed for me and uh, i think it made me a much better person uh uh i made me get a lot more empathy for other people uh beside myself and uh i don't even think I'm even near the person I was six years ago than I am today uh, as far as caring about others, as far as trying to uh, succeed and get back to the top of the poker world. Um, I feel like I'm close. I'm on my way. Uh, but you got to put the work in. And um, playing in these tournaments, playing online every day during COVID put a lot of reps in for me. I had not put reps in and no limit hold them in 15 years. And uh, I really believe that in my heart that I'm really close to the level of the top, let's just say five to 10% of the best players in no limit hold them. I just need to work a few You're more You're not things, though, that's the thing. And, and neither am I. Right. Uh, not, none of us are, like you have to, you have to really reframe your your concept of what the elite look like mm-hmm. because the you know you may be close to where you were in 2010 right something like that which was good enough for being in the top 5% right. but the fact of the matter is now the the elite look like the solver right and that's not even to say that that makes them the best of the world 
uh, or that there even is a, a list of right. top to bottom the best. It's just more so to say that um, you know it's a competition. It's a competition of us versus the engines now. Yeah, far more than it is me versus you or uh, some name versus some name. Uh, th- there are guys in this game who are beyond brilliant, right, and can dissect the math mm-hmm. in a comparable way to uh, an algorithmic computer uh, or a computer program, rather. And um, yeah. And like with without even being able to scratch the surface of that, like you're not even in the conversation. Yeah. And so I I that's the thing is because of you know all the meds and stuff I have to take, and it really unfortunately the you know I have to take gabapentin, uh, 600 milligrams a day for nerve pain, which really really hurts my memory. I mean, it's like you know it's a disaster with my memory. Mm -hmm. Like I can have a conversation. Me and you can have a conversation for an hour, and then the next day, I I probably can't remember if maybe two 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 parts of what we talked about, and that kind of sucks and it's sad, and I have to work my way through it. Uh, with that said, if I was able to and was able to, like you say, learn like all these the math and like these guys are brilliant with um, my ability to read hands and to see situations and to feel weakness um is something is god-given talent that was given to me i thank god every day that i got something you know a lot of people in this world don't get anything uh but you know uh, a lot of my good friends always say uh there's one thing you're good at mike is poker stick to poker you don't know shit about anything else and it's okay when they say that and most of the times they are right you know i'm not i'm not the smartest guy in the world you know but i'm lucky but you should take that same you should take that same logic to poker yeah uh you know if like you're not going to know the math at that deep of a level like that's just something that you have to be interested in from day one you have to have an aptitude for it and that's okay right like it's again it's all about reframing expectations i don't think uh, you need to even convince yourself that you're on a path to being the best. Mm-hmm. You just need to convince yourself that you're on a path to getting better right. progressively and that you are still profitable. Right. At the end of the day, like who is the best is just subjective. Yeah. But something who's making money is all that matters. Yeah. And and I even say that to other people too. It's like back in the day, it was like I always played the biggest game. I always played didn't care who I played. I play everybody head up three and and the thing I learned now, and again, this is from everything I've been through, whether it's from going broke, going through my injuries or whatever is poker is about playing against people that you are better than. And if you always play in games where you are better than your opponent, you are always going to win. And when, and poke, what poke, what is poker about? It's about making money. And so I've learned during the last, like probably, I'd say four years more than anything is, I, I could, I mean, I, I, I did something like about a month ago that I would never do is like, I was playing in a big game uh, and the game went to shit and I dropped down and I was playing uh, two, four, eight, no limit, where I 
grind it out and like 3,500 win that night or whatever it was. And uh, that's something uh, I didn't do before. Again, a lot of it had to do with this, all the money I made in my life from poker early, uh, the success, you know, the money I had coming in from endorsements with Full Tilt, with everything. So uh, I didn't look at it that way. Now I look at it as, uh, you know, I don't, I just want to put myself in a position where, where I feel like I'm either the best player at the table or one of the top two and everybody else is worse than me. And so I, I, I've lower, I don't jump in the biggest games anymore. <clears throat> and I, and I've got people that want to stake me in the biggest games. You know, I just, uh, honestly, I, 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 I kind of like my life now, you know, I, uh, before it was like, uh, let's, uh, we go back to 2005. Uh, my goal was to have a hundred million, you know, I blew that like three times. Uh, then my goal was to have 10 million. I blew that goal like three times. Now I, I owe very little money. Matter of fact, I owe like two people and I'm almost out of debt completely. And uh, being out of debt and having a couple million and living comfortably is uh, my my reasonable goal now. And uh, and that's where I'm on the path to doing so. You know, yeah, hopefully. I think that's great. I, I think that the whole, our jobs as professionals is to get addicted to winning, not getting addicted to the accolades. Uh, my personal philosophy is just I never want a pat on the back or to be admired for what I've done in poker. Mm -hmm. I want to enjoy those accolades because of the, the humanitarian that I am or the type mm -hmm. of person that I'm perceived to be. Right. And I think that that's a far better or far healthier path to pursue, especially if you're a competitive mindset. Because it's yeah. the only way that you can check your ego and not chase glory mm -hmm. when all that literally matters at the end of the day is longevity. Right. And the only way to get to the end of this all thing is to stay in action. Yeah. So you have to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like, it's a good point. You know, like uh, me and Billy Baxter are pretty good friends. He used to always tell me, you know, every time I'd go broke, he used to say to me, and, and he helped me out many times, a lot of people. And he used to say, Mike, let me tell you something. The only thing in life you can never do is put yourself in position and go broke because if you're out of action, you can't make money. So you gotta, you know, I used to bet sports and I had a really bad tilt factor in sports and everybody knows I've lost 6.8 million betting sports or whatever. And I haven't made it, I haven't bet sports in like three years now, but I'm probably never, I know I never will again. Uh, but uh, you know, that was tough habit to break. But he used to always say that same thing, Mike. And then one thing that I learned is like, even when I had a lot of money, you know, is like, there's really not much difference between a million dollars and five million dollars, but there's a big difference between a million dollars and broke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it's not fun. Uh, you know, I I've I've come on my show on the podcast many times where, you know, I talk about uh, going back a year ago. Uh, I mean, for almost two years, uh, I didn't have a quarter. My my family was paying my bills, and I had a hundred dollars a month to to eat off of. And I had to live off of fast food and and uh, couldn't eat sushi, couldn't do anything. And I kind of learned what a value of a dollar was. And uh, once I got back on my feet, you know, it's like, it really, like I said, it made me a better person. And, uh, and for that, I'm grateful, you know. So uh, anyways, we're gonna take some phone calls. We got uh, some callers, we're gonna light up the phone calls. We're gonna take some live calls. Anybody calls in and asks us questions, uh, we will, uh, uh, for the next 10 or 15 minutes and then uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll we'll go to work on our stream and we'll talk about 
uh, both of our streams. So uh, let's uh, go to the phone call segments. The mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702-329-0480. And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be live. All right. The phone lines are up. 702-329-0480. Call in, ask me and Mr. Matt Berkey any questions you'd like to ask us. The phone lines are open. We're going to be open for about 15 minutes, and then we got a tournament to play. Okay. Welcome to the Mouthpiece. This is Mike and Matt. What can I do? How's it going? Mike, how you doing, Mikey? Good, man. Who's hey, Matt, this? how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I've been on your show before, man. I just wanted to say, dude, um, those deuces you had, those are the, that was the play right there yesterday. We yeah. I, I timed out because I, uh, I brought it up a little bit earlier is uh, one of my good friends who I play in the private game with every day, uh, he got uh, knocked offline on his big blind, and uh, I didn't want – I thought it was, you know, I, it was bad, whether – even if it was – not even my friend, I would have probably waited because uh, I, I just think when you're deep in a tournament, it's, you know, you don't want to take advantage of somebody that gets knocked offline. And so I used up 30 seconds of my time bank and I forgot about it. And so Mike, I was screaming. I, I was computer. going with it. I was going with it. I, I, and then I timed out. Because the next hand you pick up, what, was it King Queen? I had a terrible, no, the next <laughs> hand I pick up King Eight of Clubs and it's a bad hand from oh, that okay. position. Yeah, the, the flush draw. It was the flush draw. I flopped the flush draw, but and the, and the guy picked up kings. The aces. Up aces behind. Yeah, yeah. but it's I it was to a throw my phone. Yeah, it was a bad spot for me. I it it, it was stupid. Uh, I was kind of upset that I timed out on the deuces, and then like one of the guys who was a chip leader, he won a. 2.8 million chip pot with king eight of clubs versus aces. I'm like, oh well, maybe. I was meant for me to fold and time out so I could pick up this hand like an idiot. No, not thinking like, like, like you don't think you're not supposed to think like that. You think this is a fold. You find a better spot, and it was just stupid. So it was a. I'm I'm the same way as you, Mikey. Listen, don't even don't not with the hype with this solvers and this mad. Nothing mm. against you, uh, Matt. I think you're a great poker player, bro. But at the end of the day, poker's poker. Like tonight, I have a home game I'm playing in. Yeah. 48 people, 48 people, $100 buy-in. Yep. And this is what we're doing now because of COVID. We have to resort to this. And like, I can't even go to the, go to the casino here in AZ where I'm from, uh, where I live now. It's because they want plexiglass, face masks, heat scanners. Get yeah. the fuck out of yeah, here. I'm not, I'm not leaving I got no either. time for this. Yeah. And I can't play the WSOP because I have to, what, drive over to Nevada? Yeah. I mean, what's the deal? What, yeah. What's going on with this, man? Yeah, well, I'm debating about going to Mexico to play in the GG WSOP events. Um, I think because, unfortunately, like, yeah, I know there's a lot of people that play on VPNs and play from the U.S., but, I mean, if you're any type of big-name player or any type of name player in the poker nah, you'll world. No, get, you'll, get you'll get your bracelet taken away. Yeah, your money, it's, it's not worth fun. it. So 
you know, it's Speaking something. bracelets, that's out. something you need to do, Mike. I'm rooting for you, bro. I'm a big fan of you. Like I said, I've talked to you before. I think uh, I think you're doing good things with the podcast. Thank you. Um, you got any questions I for just, me or Matt? Um, yeah, I got a lot of callers coming in. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, no, that's all I wanted to do. That's one of the, the deuces, man. And I just yeah. keep no, doing I, what you're doing, Mike. I, I really appreciate it. You Thank guys, you, man. You I appreciate it. You, day, man. No you got it. Take care. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. We got a bunch of other calls. So, um, yeah, I knew I was supposed to go with the deuces. I just timed out. I just want, I overthought it. It's kind of like, I, I think you timed out of a hand late last night. Uh, yeah, Ace Nine. That's right. Uh, Ace Jack. Ace Jack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So, uh, I it's know. It's the other downside to streaming. I timed out twice yesterday. I timed out with Ace Queen suited too, where I was yeah. shoving. But yeah. Just chalk it up the variance and hope that uh, you would have got snapped off by something yep. better. All righty. Well, welcome to the mouthpiece. You're live with me and Mr. Matt Berkey. How are you? Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt. How are you guys? We're doing great. Good. Hey, so I had a question for you guys. So I've been watching your both of your streams a lot during the uh, WSOP online, and you mentioned earlier that you guys play very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I was wondering is, is it okay to take sort of a Bruce Lee approach, right, where he took for his martial arts, he didn't just learn from one person or one style. He took a combined approach and used the best. Would it be okay if I took some of your style and some of Mr. Berkey's style and kind of combine them? Because I went and played some cash yesterday, and I tried to, you know, take a note from your books. It worked out well. It was just one session. But do you think that that is something that can work? Um, I'll answer first, and then uh, Matt will give you his answer. Uh, me, personally, I think everybody has to have their own game and their own style. Uh, it's great to learn and put in different things from other people's style to their game. Uh, but overall, if you try and replicate somebody, it's just probably not going to work. I think it's best that you try and use your own style and, and put things in. Uh, what's your thought process on that, Matt? Yeah, I, I think that there's a big misnomer uh, with the language of poker. Style isn't really a thing. Style really just speaks to uh, risk aversion or risk-taking ability. Um, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to employ some level of our understanding of the math. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree with Mike. I think when you try to mimic people uh, in the short run, you'll be successful because you're you're basically employing tactics that you've seen good players employ, and it works. But if you don't know why it works, you're going to start to employ those same tactics in spots where it's actually losing money. Um, Makes sense. So I think at the end of the day, it's just like any other uh, – you know, martial arts are an art. This is a lot more like a science. At the end of the day, you really have to understand the fundamental principles. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, Matt has a really good teaching site called Solve for Why. Um, so I don't know if you've ever watched any of it. I think it's a real good way to learn poker. Uh, so I rec- I kind of recommend it. So. Well, all right. Thanks, you guys. You're very Good welcome. Uh, thanks for the, for the calling in the mouthpiece and uh, tell all your friends to listen to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's a good answer. You know, it's tough to uh, it's tough to play like other people. Um, when I do see winning people winning over and over, I I try and uh, see maybe what I'm missing. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's kind of. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good way to work backwards. Yeah. So, 
see what we got. We're calling someone? Yeah, we do that when we met. They leave a number. Welcome to to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Matt. Hello. Yes. Yes, how you doing? You're on the mouthpiece with me and Mr. Matt Berkey. How's it going? How are you? Good. Who's this? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. This is Victor. Hey, Victor. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Good, man. You got any questions for us? Yeah. Um, just wanted to improve my game. Uh, I've been following your um, your style a little bit, but um, it's making me a little too tight, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm getting blinded out. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was being a little bit more aggressive, I would have uh, maybe gone a little further. Uh, that's a that's a really good thing and a, one of the hardest things to balance. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, I think uh, Matt can give you a, a really, probably a little bit better answer than I can because I am, t- I, I definitely play a lot tighter. Uh, I look for spots. Uh, probably should look for a little bit more spots. Uh, Matt, what's your, uh, what's your answer to that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the way that, that profit is derived in poker is through aggression um the passive player that strategy almost never makes money so uh i would just suggest getting a firm understanding of how the ev of certain hands interact pre-flop so basically get familiar with push folds uh start there that's the easiest way to really comprehend uh what hands are good what hands aren't right um you can use apps like snapshove or pre-flop plus that are both fantastic at uh just giving you by position and by chip, uh, chip stack size, uh, what it is that you should be employing. If you can push fold down, everything else is kind of icing. Right. Yeah. I, I, I've even I've got push fold down pretty good, you know. So uh, uh, sometimes uh, I, I I miss a few spots, uh, but uh, you know uh, that that is probably the most important thing to get down. So. Uh, I think uh, those two things he just talked about. What what, what was that called again, Matt? The the what? Uh, Preflop Plus and Snapshove are yeah. both really good apps to demonstrate push fold charts. Yeah, so I think you should check those out, and that'll probably help you out uh, with the uh, in the future when you start blinding yourself off a little bit. So. Okay. All right, but I just feel it's ultimately made me a worse player. Maybe I shouldn't watch anymore. But. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it just, I mean, it's, a, it, it's funny. It's, a, it's depends, you know, it's like, I, I've still been deep in each tournament. I've had plenty of chips, you know, I've, uh, I think most of my, uh, the reason why I got, I've got knocked out have been my own mistakes, um, where I, uh, move with a hand that I shouldn't have, or I call with a hand I mean, I've just made my own mistakes. So, uh, you know, you gotta, you know, it's gotta, just you know, you gotta have your own game and uh, try and try and get the better at it and best you can. So, anyways, uh, we got right, send, send my best to Flash and and uh, uh, Flash and Gizmo. And the other guy, you got it. <laughs> yeah, Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Later. Bye. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I thought we'd get a lot of different calls because you know our style's so different. So I was really interested to hear some of the calls we get. Uh, we got another call. Yeah. Call back. Okay, we got a few more, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up and get ourselves ready for uh, 
for streaming tonight. Hello. Welcome to the mouthpiece. Uh, you're on the line with me and Mr. Matt Perky. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Who's this? Uh, my name is Colin. Hey, Colin. How are you doing, buddy? Just doing well. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm just wondering why uh, are the buy-ins so low for the the series? It's the World Series, right? But everything's like four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. Why can't they? Uh, well, why is there no like five Ks? Well, there 10Ks? is. Um, that's why I'm probably going to be heading to Mexico in about ten days. Uh, uh, GG Poker is running eighty five events in uh, Europe and outside the United States, uh, in which the buy-ins will be anywhere from a thousand to. I don't know. I think they have a twenty-five thousand, right? The Poker Player Championship twenty-five. I think they even have a fifty thousand. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule, but uh, am I right, Matt? I think for sure on the twenty-five k, yeah. they run high rollers every day, even if they're not World Series events. Right. But, uh, the main event is a five k. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. My other question, I guess, probably more from Matt. Uh, you might know this too, Mike. Yeah. What's up with uh, America's card room? Why is that not like? as big as full tilt and poker stars used to be. So it seems like pretty good software, but that's a, no you know, that's a, that. that's a good question. Um, I actually have become pretty decent friends with the guy, the CEO of America's car room, Phil Nagy. Uh, he, he plays uh, in our private game with us and I had him on the podcast um, at the beginning of COVID and he explained a lot of, I guess they had a lot of, bot and software problems i don't know um matt might know more than i do about that do you do you know anything about that um i just think the rest of the world players have better options than stars party gg etc so right. really the only upside to acr is that it has american clientele right um so sense. yeah it's never going to be on the level of full tilt or stars as long as those other big competitors are in the market but mm -hmm. It's doing well for itself because it's pandering to America. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, he's, he's doing uh, well. Cool. You know? So, uh, you know, I didn't know. Uh, I know they had, a, like I said, they had some bot problems and some software problems. And uh, he did say on the podcast he was on, I think, about three podcasts ago that uh, they have worked out most of the kinks. So, you know, I don't know much about it. I know they're running some Venom tournament that looks like it has a big prize pool. I, I might, I might buy in it and play it. Uh, 7 million guaranteed. Okay. And when, uh, cool. I, I guess All there right. was like a day one yesterday, I think I came across. Yeah. There's four day ones. Okay. Cool. So cool. Do something I'll do. So, so how come the, did full tilt not have bots back in the day or something? Well, we, they, they, they had a lot of full tilt poker stars. They had a team of security that a, a really big team of security that spent a lot of money on making sure they they would get as many as they could off. Um, of course, back in then, that, even though it's only ten years ago, is you know, it's, uh, technology is so much more sophisticated now, and it, they're a lot tougher to detect. So uh, you know, got it. Probably that. So, anyways, cool. All right, thank man. you. I appreciate the call, thank man. Th thanks Good for listening luck, to the guys. mouthpiece. All right, thanks. Right, we'll take. Uh, let's see, one one more call. One more call. There's a lot more calls. Well, we have uh, Matt's got five more minutes. He wants to start at 4.30, so okay. uh, we'll take uh, two more phone calls. And then we'll uh, we'll give out a shout-out to your teaching site and everything, and we'll get going.
Let's go, buddy. What are you doing? Okay, okay. You got it. What's up? Welcome to the mouthpiece. Uh, you're on the phone with me and Mr. Matt Perky. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. So I've been watching both of your streams every day you know, right. for the last several weeks, and I like how both of you guys play. It's completely different, but I feel like you both know what you're doing in a certain area. And if you guys like could combine what you do with Berkey's aggression and your ability to like get away from spots and not mm-hmm. play a flag, I think together you would be the perfect poker player you can just like each use some of your skills you know how many times you know we i could say that about two or three different players if we put this person or this person together how incredible they'd be uh yeah you know um we uh we definitely uh he definitely has a lot of things in his game that i would love to put into mine and uh again my ability my god-given ability to to feel situations a little bit uh, is something. Whoops, did we lose that person? Yeah, but you can finish. The, your okay, yeah, I'll uh, yeah I'll answer. You know, finish answering. Uh, you know, uh, what do you you could answer too on that, Berkey, if you want. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I I think that the uh, onlooker often just always wants the positive result. Mm-hmm. So they start to pull from a bunch of different sources where it's like, oh, well, if you were this person, you wouldn't have lost chips in this situation mm-hmm. or whatever. But it just doesn't work because what happens is you have ideologies that conflict. Yeah. And if I'm able to get away from one spot, then I'm probably not going to be able to be aggressive in a similar spot. Right. Um, it all boils down to pot odds and EV. If you're getting a proper price, right. it's fi- what people aren't comfortable with is it's fine to lose. Yeah, it's it's built into the game. You're supposed to make calls on the river that lose and uh, people aren't comfortable with that. They are just convinced that the other person always has it. And, you know, it's not all right to pay off a better hand. And, you know, watching like the rest of your stream last night, I heard you say something that kind of stuck in my mind a little bit, which was too many people you said this and i and it really struck a chord with me you said too many people are afraid to get all in and afraid to go broke when they're late in a tournament and you're right you know there's a lot of times where there's spots like you know i should go with but i'm like oh but maybe i'll find a better spot and if i get called i'll go broke and i played all these hours and i don't want to go broke in this spot and then you said that last night, and it touched me in a chord. And I said, you know what? He's right, man. You can't be afraid to go all in and go broke. You know. Uh, and one of the hand, and the hand that stuck with me was um, when uh, Sam was raising every pot like he probably should have been raised under the gun. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, he's raising every pot. Fuck it. I'm just going to jam on here with the A7 of diamonds. Well, every time I've jammed, and you didn't, he snap folded. Every time I've jammed in that spot, they've they've snap called me and showed me ace king. Uh, and so I've become a little bit gun shy. And this is kind of what we're talking about, like like being afraid to go broke, afraid to, right. to put the money in, in, in spots because I'd be afraid of being called. And it's not that I'm afraid to go broke, especially in a poker tournament. It's a lot of times I try and... Uh, I think I overanalyze it and look for a better spot, but uh, you know, uh, you, that that that's well, that, the that, sunken that's cost fallacy, right? You yeah. feel like you've sunk in six or seven hours into this event, and anything less than a win 
is now uh, not satisfactory. Yeah. So you you start to pass on situations that could actually help get you that win. Yeah, and I think you fear the worst. I think you're right. I think it's because it's. I, I think I've been real unlucky. It seems like I've every time I've I've had the ten bigs and I've shipped the ace jack. I've the guy behind me's picked up ace king or kings like in five like or like like four of my five deep run bust outs and uh in and uh and it's really hurt me it's like uh i i know that 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 you know with 13 bigs on the button uh and you have ace nine suited or ace seven suited you're supposed to just rip it you know but i'm starting to think uh and this is the question i have for you is is it okay to min raise fold to a shove because when you have 13 bigs and you're min raising the button doesn't that look so much stronger also than a shove sure but you're forgetting about the whole fact that you're laying the big blind four to one and he's just going to call with any two and now you have a shit hand gotcha um no just winning the pot is so incredibly important and uh you know everything that you're speaking to is wrapped around control issues you have to realize that when you sign up for the event Mm -hmm. you sign up for the possibility that you could just be dealt game over right so when you have 10 big blinds and you have ace jack if you run into a bigger uh, better hand that's just you being dealt game over there's nothing you can do about it yeah it's no reflection on you as a player or your skill or you know the result really doesn't matter it's it's widely accepted as this is the best play to make right now like uh like talking about that too so like in the turbo when i did go broke when i did come over the top of um it ended up being uh, Brian Altman with the ace five of spades. Um, he ran the numbers. Uh, Tristan, he, I guess he has all the stuff like you do with the solve mm-hmm. and said like against a weaker, even against a, a weaker player, like a, a looser player, the king 10 call was negative EV. And at first he thought it was a fine call. And then knowing it was against me, it's a definite losing EV and that he sh- definitely shouldn't have called. And that made me Yeah, but that's Altman. He's yeah. a risk taker. Yeah. That's that's why he wins. He's not worried about laddering up. He's going for broke. Right. Yeah. It makes sense, you know. And, and if I uh you know, I didn't know who it was at the time anyways. I just knew he, I was playing with him for 2 hours and I just again, I I usually don't make that play, but uh I I felt that uh he did have 14 million in chips and I didn't think he would want to give up a Thirty-three percent to me. Uh, but you may have just yeah. like made a good play. Yeah. Like I don't know what the situation was, but like yeah, you know, he made it. We're at. It three, sounds like you've overanalyzed it to the point where like you've just left off the 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 scenario where you just made a good play, got called, and lost. Yeah, I mean, I did, did have the best hand. I mean, if I, I mean, I was fifty-seven percent. So I mean, if I win the hand, uh, I mean, I, maybe I win the tournament. You know, I'm for sure going to probably right. finish in the top two or three. So right. uh, you're right. I, I definitely did overanalyze it. So uh, we have one more call, and then we'll we're, we'll be done, and then we'll 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 get out of here and go to um, to streaming and see if we can have a successful night like we did yesterday. Let's see. If we last call here. Hello. Hey, welcome to the mouthpiece. You're on the phone with me and Mr. Matt Berkey. How you doing today? Hey, doing good, man. Good, man. Thanks Who's this? Uh, I'm Justin. Justin, cool. Yep. You got a got any questions for us? Um, 
not much. I was just uh, the guy that. Do you actually watch your Periscope? Do I watch them? Yeah, the Periscope comments. No, I don't ever pay attention to comments because people are just evil people. I just try and uh, try and uh, pay attention to the positive comments. Uh, too many trolls, too many negative things. But uh, why was anything uh, negative said or anything crazy? Oh, I was just being positive on oh, your good. Periscope. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. So, uh, have you yeah. watched Matt's stream at all? No, I haven't watched Matt's stream, but I'm going to follow Matt. Um, yeah. I've been watching the Peacock. The Peacock app I downloaded mm-hmm. on my app, and they got poker after dark 24-7. Gotcha. Well, it's awesome. Like, you, uh, last night, this was like from 2009, you know what I mean? So, they just play it over... You know, stuff. Poker, poker after dark. I didn't do that well in. Uh, if you watch reruns of my high stakes poker, um, you're always going to find me winning because I think I was a, I was the second biggest winner on high stakes poker. Uh, so uh, those are always fun results. So, but yeah, you should definitely check out uh, Matt's stream. What what's your stream called, Matt? Uh, that he could watch. Uh, the channel is YouTube backslash self for why. There you go. YouTube slot backslash solve for why. So if you're not watching my stream, check out Matt's stream. We have a different uh, kind of uh, playing style, but it's where we we have a lot of fun and we're fun to watch. So anyway. no, I can tell. Yep, I can tell you a different playing style for sure. Yeah, I, I'm more your playing style than his because I used to play back in the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Well, you know, you got to adapt, and I'm trying to adapt and get better. And uh, you're in in this game, uh, especially when you get older, like me. If you don't work hard to adapt, you will end up being a loser. And uh, I want to keep winning, and uh, winning is fun. So everybody likes winning. So, well, yeah. I I appreciate the call, and uh, tell your friends listen to the mouthpiece. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. See you, brother. All right, so um, we're going to conclude this here. Matt, I want you to uh, tell all viewers uh, a little bit about your teaching site and uh, what you got going on with yourself. Yeah, we're kind of uh, in hibernation mode right now for during COVID. So uh, previously we were putting out one piece of content every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of scaled back to once a week mm-hmm. and we uh, have just you know simplified things a lot. Um, but with that, we've given a big price reduction. So we're only nine ninety nine a month now instead of uh, one twenty five a month. Okay, cool. Um, which is, you know, hopefully nice for everybody. The entire back catalog is available. Over five hundred videos. Uh, it's something like I don't know three or four hundred hours of, of video footage yeah. in that neighborhood. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm streaming every day throughout the World Series. Uh, I'm not sure what my plans are going to be thereafter. If I'm going to go play GG or not. Yeah. Right now, the cash games are just too good for me to leave, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I saw you book a couple of big wins uh, on the WSOP, the quarter 50 games. I think you won like 37000 about a week ago. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I just played a 12-hour heads-up session the night before yesterday. How'd that uh, it actually go? carried me into the morning. Um, I ended up winning 38000 in that as well. Sweet, sweet. So, uh, yeah, that's good to hear, man. Good to hear. So, uh, 
we're going to let Matt go. And uh, anybody who, and I know a lot of people here on my channel that, that like to watch me stream and watch stream these events, um, if uh, unfortunately I get knocked out or you have two devices and you want to watch me and Matt, uh, he's, uh, his stream is really good content and uh, you'll look at poker in a different perspective. So we appreciate you coming on the show, Matt. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I wish you the best in the future. And hopefully me and you could make a final table together and we'll maybe have 20,000 or 30 on the streams. Have a lot of yeah. fun. You let's know, do it. Let's do it, my friend. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for joining the mouthpiece. And uh, that's about it, man. Uh, anything right. else we need, Mr. Editor? All right. All right, buddy. Good luck tonight. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you at the tables, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. You got it, buddy. Take care. See you. All righty. That was great having Matt on the show. He is a world-class nice person. Um, we have a lot of different views of everything in life, but we get along very well. We respect each other. I think Matt is truly one of the classiest people in poker. He is, he wears his heart on his sleeve, kind of like me, not quite as emotional, which is, you know, probably better, you know, but um, he, he's very passionate about poker. He thinks about poker all the time. Uh, I really like that in a person. And, uh, you know, I try and get better and, and get better myself. Um, with that, uh, for all of you out there listening to the show, um, uh, I do have a, my own private home game in which I play one $2 and two $4 no limit hold'em with my fans. Um, I Zoom with them two hours a day, every day now, since I started streaming the WSOP, <clears throat> I haven't been Zooming uh, because uh, my all my people playing in my home game would rather sweat me and uh, they want me to win because I told them everybody who plays in my home game is going to get anywhere between 500 and a 1000 bucks in their account if I win. So they're always pulling for me. And uh, if I can get in the top three, they'll probably get something also. So uh, if you haven't, joined or signed up with on my home game you can email mouthpoker at yahoo.com that's mouthpoker at yahoo.com and in the email put in mouthpiece episode 46 and you will get 250 dollars in chips for 200 in my home game and uh just for listening to the show so uh, that's it. We're out of here. We're going to go try and win a bracelet online. You can follow me at youtube.com slash Mike the Mouth. Watch me stream hopefully all night tonight. And then I'll probably go into Mexico in 10 days and streaming some more. I haven't decided yet. It's tough for me to travel during COVID. It's even tougher. Thank you all for joining in. Thank you, Matt Berkey, for joining the show. Thank you to all my fans. I'm out of here. Take care.